This is a horrific case of a murder involving two young girls, Libby German and Abby Williams, best friends taken from their family and friends, murdered in broad daylight. What is your message to the person responsible? I hope that you know that we're going to catch you. Um, you took away two lives that could have been a very big help in this world. Um, they both would have made a difference. That's Kelsey German, Libby's sister. Do you think you ever had met him? Would you have known him? I fear that I have. Before we dive into the case, I want to remind you that this is for mature audiences. The goal here is to get more eyes and ears on this story. So please check out my website, truecrimedeadline.com, and YouTube and social media accounts under the same name, so that you can see the case photos. Please share them, and hopefully let's help solve this case. The Delphi Murders. Investigators, you're on deadline. From the social distancing studios in Las Vegas, Nevada, to your ear holes, this is True Crime Deadline, a podcast discussing cold cases, murder, mysteries, and completely random thoughts. Now your host, a man who sings happy birthday twice when washing his hands, Mr. Mystery himself, Matt Johnson. Thank you, Mr. Announcer Man, and thank you, investigators, for joining me for Season 2, Episode 31, The Murders of Libby German and Abby Williams, otherwise known as the Delphi Murders. This is a case that I plan to cover in Season 2, and ironically, when I started the True Crime Deadline newsletter, which you can sign up for on my website, I asked some listeners, what cases would you like to see me cover? And a couple people have reached out and suggested this case, including Ella Hoffman, who listens in South Africa, and Carrie Rawson, who you know from my episode about her father, the BTK serial killer, and Jenny Carreri, whose sister's case is still unsolved and I covered in season one. Now, as for this case, it's gone unsolved for more than three years. Despite it being in the national spotlight and the case that CrimeCon featured about a year ago, there have been thousands of tips and a photo and audio recording released of the suspected killer that was found on Libby's cell phone, but there have been no arrests in the case, which takes us to Delphi, Indiana, the county seat in Carroll County, about a six-hour drive from Indianapolis, Indiana. Now, this is a town of about 3,000 people. It's a small town. It's rich in history, and there is historic and stone brick buildings everywhere you look. There is a couple of wooded areas, the Erie Canal, and the Delphi Historic Trails, and the High Bridge, where our story takes a dark turn. On February 13, 2017, 13-year-old Abigail Williams and 14-year-old Liberty Rose German were dropped off by Libby's older sister, Kelsey, at the trailhead off Hoosier Heartland Highway. Um, my name is Kelsey German. I'm the sister of Liberty German, who is one of the two girls killed in the Delphi murders. Kelsey is very active in the case. We had to even reschedule our interview a few times because she was constantly getting updates on the case, which I'll ask her about, updates from police. Now, during our Skype interview, I noticed uh, several pictures of her sister in the shot, including this, a very special pillow. And I'll post a picture on my website. Is that a picture of your sister right there on the pillow? Yeah, it is. 
So walk me through that. What what's on the pillow here? Mm, so this is this is a picture of Libby on our last vacation together. I took this picture of her there too. And then these are just two selfies that um she took. And somebody made this for me when I graduated high school, so I just always kept it around. Well, I certainly appreciate you talking to me and I hope that it helps. Um, in any way, if, if not just keeping the story out there. So um, thank you for joining me on the podcast. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry it took a little bit. My life's a little crazy right now, so I'm a little all over the place. But. Yeah, and we'll talk about you being in school <laughs> and all that stuff. And that's really great. Um, so tell me about your sister and, and tell me about her friend. Yeah, so Libby was my best friend. Um, she really loved school. Um and anything she could do to like have fun and learn new things and be with friends. Um, she was really into all of it. Um, she's like a super fun loving person that just wanted to make other people laugh. Um, I always say that Libby didn't know a stranger because she could be walking down the street and she would say hi to you just to make your day. Um, and now that I'm meeting people that knew Libby, like I'll be sitting at work and somebody will be like, oh, I knew your sister. I'm like, really? Because I don't know you. And they're like, yeah, we played softball with her. And she just always came up to us and said hi. I'm like, wow, you like probably met her for five minutes and you already felt like you knew her. And that's kind of just like the type of person she was, right? She was just that really awesome person that you feel like you could talk to for an hour and already know their entire life and like you've known them forever and that that's who Libby was Abby and Libby were really close friends um they're kind of the opposite um which is kind of why they were so close I think um Libby was able to get Abby to kind of push herself out there and when Libby was being a little too much Abby would say Lib you need to calm down and not be so much and I think that really complimented each other um, because Abby was just a little more quiet and Libby was just a little more loud. So it just kind of worked out. Um, but they both had a lot in common. So they, they both played in the band at Delphi. Um, Libby played the saxophone and I'm pretty sure that Abby did too. I, th I think I've seen them sitting together. Um, and they were both going to play softball together that spring and summer. Um, they were both in volleyball. So they were both very involved in school, very smart. Um, they both wanted to join the FBI, solve, solve crimes in some way. Um, so they just had so much in common, but were opposites in all the right ways. So they were just very close. That's so interesting that they wanted to also solve crimes. I know, um, which is what really amazes me that they were both able to say, hey, something's wrong. Um, Let's take this video of this guy and maybe maybe it'll turn out to be something useful someday. Have you ever seen the full video? I've not. Um, I've just seen just as much as you guys have. Um, everything that's out there, I don't know much more than everybody else. Um, our families basically know what the public knows. I mean, a little bit more, yeah, but um, not much. So what do you remember about that day or what were the circumstances? Um, that day, I remember um, we had woken up. Um, actually, I don't think Abby and Libby ever went to bed that night. Um, they're up just giggling, laughing, 
doing all kinds of stuff in Libby's room, um, watching movies, doing arts and crafts together, um, whatever they could do to enjoy the night together. And that morning, they were up before me, I think, and I had to get up and get ready for work like a big kid on their day off. And I was getting ready to actually go to my boyfriend's house first. I was going to go hang out with him before I went to work. Um, And she opens the bathroom door while I'm sitting there doing my thing. And she's like, Kelsey, do you want to go to High Bridge? We can go hang out. Um, I'm like, no, I have plans today. I can't. Um, So... At first, I had I just told her no, maybe maybe another day we have off or maybe another weekend. Uh, and a little while later, she came back and asked again, and I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll take you if you can find a ride home. Um, then after that, I'd finished, got ready, and I got in the car, told them we were it's time to leave, and they came out and got in, and I drove them to Highbridge, um, where I saw them for the last time. Um, and Libby got out of the car and told me she loved me. And that was the last thing she ever said to me. And explain to me what Highbridge is, the area, and if someone has never seen it before or been there. Yeah, so Highbridge is part of our trail system in Delphi. I guess the bridge isn't really part of the trails. It's just the ending of our trail system. Um, and a lot of people go out there to take pictures, enjoy the beautiful scenery. It's gorgeous out there. Um, it goes over a creek. Um, this bridge used to be an old railroad trestle, um, so trains would go across it. Um, that hasn't happened in many, many years. It's very tall. Like I, I can't remember how high the police told us it was, but if you fell, you would not make it. <laughs> and it is terrifying. It's the scariest bridge I've ever crossed. Um, there's gaps at least a foot wide. So you're crossing this, like, trying to step, like, a double step over these huge gaps. And if you you could fall right through them. Um, but it's pretty up there. If you can get past the really scary part, you'll love it. It's amazing. Um, but a lot of, like, teenagers and high school students will go across the bridge just to feel a little adventurous in Delphi because there's not that much to do. So it's a very popular place. Um to locals, definitely. You know, what happened? Um, when did you know that there, that something bad had happened? So I had been in my boyfriend's house. Um, I was actually sitting there. He had left for work already. And I was finishing up getting ready. I didn't have to be there for like 15 minutes. But there wasn't any reason to go back to my house, which was a little farther away, and then come back. So I just waited there with his dad and his sister. Um, And I heard my phone ring once. The first time, I wasn't super worried about it. I was getting ready. There wasn't any need to, like, rush to my phone. Um, But when it started ringing several times after that, I was like, well, something something must be going on. So I went over and grabbed it. And it was my grandma. Um, She was frantic, but that wasn't really anything new. She was already that overprotective parent. so I, I was like, okay, what's going on? And she said, well, we haven't heard from Libby. She's not answering your phone. Um, your dad's there to pick her up. He's looked everywhere. He can't find them. And I'm like, okay, I'm sure it's nothing. I'm sure they're just lost or their phone died. I'll be there in 10 minutes to like help search. So at that point, I called work and said, hey, my sister's missing. Um, 
I can't come in. I have to help search for her. It's more important than making seven twenty-five an hour. Um, so I, I ran back, got in my car, and went down to Highbridge, uh, where my grandma and Tara and my dad were at. And uh, we started walking the trail to see if we could find them. Um, at that point, we we weren't super worried. Like my grandma was freaking out, but the rest of us were like, "It's going to be fine." I'm sure they just fell or their phone died and they're off adventuring in the woods somewhere and we're gonna find them they just like broke their leg or or something something normal happened and it's gonna be all right so we went searching we didn't see them anywhere where i thought they would be we didn't see them on the other side of the bridge um on the like driveway over there so we we just kept searching we're like they have to be here somewhere so we kept yelling their name um, eventually me and my uncle went back across the bridge and told my grandparents they weren't anywhere. We didn't see them anywhere. So they ended up calling the police. Um, and that night we were in the police station for a long time. Um, search parties were all over. There was social media posts. Um, everybody was out looking for them and trying to figure out what, where they were, what had happened. Um, but it wasn't until the next day that we knew what happened. And what do we know? Uh, what is the nuts and bolts? Um, we don't really know a whole lot. We know that that day I, um, I was out searching. Um, we got to the bridge. My group kind of went separate ways because, like I said, the bridge is terrifying and nobody wanted to cross it, but I knew that there, if that's what I had to do to find them, I, I was crossing the bridge. Um, so I went across with my little group of people and we searched for a while. Um, and around 1230, that's when they yelled up the hill they'd found a shoe. Uh, and then eventually found the bodies a little while later. Okay, so here's the timeline. Libby and Abby were dropped off on February 13th. At around 2 o'clock, Libby posted a picture of Abby walking on the high bridge over Deer Creek. At around 3.15, Libby's father gets worried because she didn't meet up with him as planned. The families search for the girls themselves, then call police at 5.30 and report the girls missing. Police didn't suspect foul play at first until everyone's fears came true. The bodies of Libby and Abby were found the next day at around noon on the east side of the high bridge. Police have not said how the young victims died, but have released a sketch, a short video, and this audio recording of the suspect, taken by Libby, before the murders took place. Here is that clip released on February of 2017. The clip is muffled, and it appears that the killer is saying, down the hill. The picture of the suspect is a bit grainy, a white man walking on the bridge towards the girls with his head down. Police said that they had more evidence on the cell phone, but they were withholding it for a trial. In July, investigators released the suspect's sketch with information from a hiker that day. The sketch was of an older man with a goatee and a cap. Months went by. Then in 2019, more information was released to the public. The Indiana State Police and a multi-agency task force announced the new direction in the case. They released a new updated sketch of the suspect, showing him as clean-shaven between 18 and 40 with a younger appearance. 
and an extended audio recording they also released, which you can hear the suspects say, guys, and then down the hill. Police believe this man knows the area and might actually be hiding in plain sight. Um, what evidence is there in the case? I know that we have the, the terrible recording or there's like a possible suspect picture. What evidence is there today? Um, so far, what the police have released um, is a, a short clip of the video that my sister took that day. Um, a couple still pictures from that video and then his voice um, saying at least guys down the hill um, from what I can tell maybe hey guys down the hill um, of man's voice obviously kind of a description of him he's like 250 pounds um, dark reddish dark hair um, his eyes are definitely not blue. I'm not sure where that comes from, but that was one of the things in the release where the, his eyes are definitely not blue. Um, yeah, and he looks... We really have two sketches. Um, one that is older and one that is newer. The newer one coming from new information that was generated, new technology is what they told us. Um so just an older man and a younger man, but they are the same person, just created at different times. Um, so, so is there only one suspect, or was there two men there? So there is only one suspect. Um, so what we assume happened is the first sketch it was created based on what people had told them of people they saw leaving and entering the area. Um, and then later, as they learned more, they created a new sketch that I think is more accurate of a description of the person that these people saw. Do you think you ever had met him? Would you have known him? What do you think? I fear that I have. Um, he doesn't look familiar to me. Um, but I worked at the local Dairy Queen. I was in sports. I was in clubs. I had friends. Libby had friends. I was everywhere meeting new people in town. Um, I could have met him at a gas station in Delphi. Um, so this person, if they're saying he's local, I think there's definitely a big chance that I have met him. Uh, especially if he is local. Do police think that he's local? Because that's not a big area, right? Yeah, so in the most recent press conference, um, which I believe was April 2019, they stated that they believe this person has ties to the area or is from the local surrounding areas. So they definitely believe he's local. They're just not sure where that local is. Are you worried for your safety since you've been so outspoken about the case? Um, at first, I definitely was worried for my safety, um, but I've kind of come to the conclusion that if this is what it's going to take to catch the person that killed my sister, um, 
I think the fear of not knowing who did it is way stronger and more prevalent in my life than what could happen to me while I'm doing it. And you have a lot of supporters, um, whether you know it or not. Um, I'm doing podcast episodes all the time, and I'm talking to victims and survivors, including um, including the BTK um, daughter, um, and she's telling me to talk to you, and um, Jenny, um, who lost her sister and trying to solve that case, um, she's you know telling me to do your story. Um, so you have a lot of people out there that are really... Uh, supporting you and championing whatever you're doing. Yeah, these people are awesome. I talk to a lot of a lot of these people often. Um, I've created kind of a support system for myself um, through my advocacy. So my Twitter has gained me so many friends. People watching the case, yes, but like people that know what I'm going through are behind me 100% now that I've put myself out there. Um, so we're, we're fighting the same battle, no matter how the battle is going. Um, we're all in different stages of our cases, but we all know where each other has been. Um, she, like Sarah Turney knows exactly what I'm going through now, and I can't wait to be where she is now. Um, so like watching these people is just amazing. Um, seeing them all get justice just gives me so much hope that I'll get there. And I know that no matter what stage my case is in, they'll always be there supporting me, trying to help me get to where they are, too. I think the case was featured with CrimeCon, and I know that it, um, you've been on a few podcasts. Has any of that uh, resulted in any more tips, or has that helped at all? I know that people are really hoping that it has. I definitely think that CrimeCon has helped. Um, I don't know that it's maybe brought in tips. Um, I definitely know it's brought in followers and people that want to help. Um, but they're not people from here. So all they're doing is the same thing I'm doing now is doing like internet detectiving. Um, but that's fine. It helps every single person that wants to help with the case, um, that is putting their time and effort, every single one of them, no matter what information they're putting out there. Um, it, it becomes helpful in the end. Um, CrimeCon definitely, it definitely is our big advocacy event of every year so far um i gained probably 10,000 followers just by going to CrimeCon, um just because i'm meeting new people and finding new podcasts to do and doing new anything just anything i can do to put myself out there um gets more people to follow and be on our side and say hey this case needs to be solved and it's brought in so many so many supporters what is the latest? I know that you recently spoken to police. Um, what's the latest in the case? Um, nothing I can really talk about. Um, but I can say that they are doing everything they can, putting themselves out there. They're re-interviewing people, going back through everything, sifting through everything they can. Um, just trying to get as much information as possible to... Uh, find the guy who did this like they are but they talked to me for like two hours yes the other day so like just me sitting there talking to them gave them so much information that could help them potentially so um they're definitely working hard at this i know one of them said that they um 
had spent at least two 20-hour days working last week. Um, so these guys are getting very little sleep, and all they're doing is looking at information about this case. Um, they're really awesome. They're doing all they can. Um, I, I After talking to them, I it renewed my hope that they weren't giving up. They're still working on it, and they're not going to stop. And you're not going to stop. I am not. Nope. I'll keep doing this until they get there. And I, like I told them, um, I'm not going away. Um, I'll keep doing every podcast and every absolutely everything I can until we get there. I'm trying to generate them new leads, tips, just something to help them. Um, and as long as they keep doing their job, I won't have to pester them too much. What is your message to the person responsible? I hope that you know that we're going to catch you. Um, You took away two lives that could have been a very big help in this world. Um, They both would have made a difference and the world's really missing out without them here. But we're not going to stop until we find you. So I hope that you're out there living in fear knowing that every day could be your last day free. And do you talk to Libby or Abby? Um, I go out to see my sister very often. Um, I feel closest to her in her bedroom or at her gravesite. Um, so I go to both places quite frequently um, just to tell her, tell her about my life and the things that are going on. Um, because my life is changing. I'm going through everything that she should be going through now. I've, I've been through it now. Um, so as I'm going through each new stage, I'm like, look, look, this is how college is. And this is how falling in love again is. And like, this is what having a dog is like and having to be up until 2 a.m. because he won't go outside. Or if I need to complain about something, like, that's where I go. Um, so she knows absolutely everything that's going on. Um, anything new that happens for me, she knows. Um, and if I can't make it out there, I do write her a little letter and put it in a book somewhere so I can read it to her later. That's pretty cool. I love that. And, and I love that you're taking your fight also in a direction of your career and helping others. Tell me about that. Yeah. So in the very beginning, I was not very active in the case. I didn't want anything to do with it. Um, but I kept feeling this like punch in my gut that like there was something more I needed to be doing. Um, Kind of like a God thing, I guess. Like, hey, Kelsey, you're not doing anything and you need to be doing something. And at the time, I was, we went to Crime Con. Um, I was a senior in high school. And I was planning on going to Ball State University to become a journalist. Um, communications was always my thing. I was like, I want to tell people stories. I want to write. I want to take pictures. This is, this is what I want to do forever. And that's what I'd always wanted to do. I was in yearbook. I took all these like honors English classes and like prepared myself for what I knew I was going to do. So like I was super well versed in becoming a journalist and photo photojournalist and whatever. And then I got to college and I was taking my communications and journalism classes. And I'm like, man, this kind of sucks. Like this isn't as fun as I thought it would be. Um, And I think that's because I had this new passion in the back of my mind saying, 
Remember everything that happened at CrimeCon. Remember all those amazing people you've met. Remember all of the advocacy you're doing now that you're more passionate about. Um, and I kept going back to something that my yearbook teacher told me. She said, you know, when you talk about these people and you tr advocate for them and you're telling me their stories, you have a better glow about you than you did when you were talking about yearbook for all four years. It was a different kind of glow than when I was editing and trying to get ads for people and doing all of this really cool stuff that I really enjoyed, but it was different. And so I made the switch. Um, I decided I wanted to do forensics and psychology. Um, because there, there wasn't really a path for like victims advocacy, I guess. Um, so I figured, you know, I'm really into psychology. Um, and I want to do something down the criminal path. Um, so why not learn about the behavior and why people do this kind of thing? Um, so I started that. And I found out that Ball State didn't have um, a forensics program. So I ended up having to transfer schools. And after I transferred schools, it kind of went all uphill from there. I've made so many friends that here that know about the girls that want to help me um, advocate for them. Um, I've met so many more people now that I have time to like sit down and I don't have to travel back and forth as much to advocate here at events. Um, I just, I have more time to dedicate to it. So I think I, I came full circle and decided that I want to work with families like mine. Um, I'm not really sure where I want that to take me, but um, definitely somewhere in forensics and learn about criminal behavior and try to figure out why why do they why do they kill people? What turn make turns them into that person that wants to take a life from someone, and hopefully give families a better understanding. We might never understand why they do what they do, but if we can learn how to cope with it and get through it and fight our battles the right way and try to get these things solved, maybe that'll bring us a little bit more happiness. I think that that's wonderful that you want to help other people from the perspective of, you know what it's like to go through something terrible and tragic. Um, I think that you're a very strong person and I wish you all the luck in the world in, in your career but also I think that you're a very special person for being so strong and um, advocating for your sister and her best friend. Yeah, thank you. I just hope, hopefully I can turn this really bad situation that we've all come to know about into something better to help others. So something good has to come out of the bad eventually. I just want to make sure that I can make that happen. And if by chance someone possibly knew something or, you know, had some sort of, uh, maybe they noticed something, maybe they don't even realize they know something. Um, what's your message to those folks that are listening? My message is, um, if you know something, you can turn it in right now. Um, you can contact police, you can contact me, you can contact pretty much anybody in Abby and Libby's families. Um, and we'll get it to the right people. Um, and nobody even has to know that you came forward. Um, but any information that you have 
could be helpful. And we'd really love for you to turn that in and help us get this part of our chapter closed. Um, Please keep me posted. Please keep in touch. And I'll do the same. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for covering the case. All right. God bless. Thank you so much. You too. Bye. Bye. Now, there have been a few persons of interest named in the case, including Paul Etter. In July of 2019, he was named a person of interest after police received a tip. He was already wanted for the rape and kidnapping of a 26-year-old woman in Tippecanoe County. Police surrounded his home, and there was a five-hour standoff that began. But before police could ever make their arrest or question him, he killed himself. And if you look at the pictures of him, he looks a lot like the suspect's sketch. Other persons of interest include Daniel Nations, a registered sex offender from Indiana who was threatening strangers with a hatchet at a trailhead in Colorado. He was arrested on several charges unrelated to this case and has since been cleared as a suspect. Then there was Thomas Bruce, the former pastor who was charged with killing a woman and sexually assaulting two other women in the back room of a shop in St. Louis that sold religious supplies. He was a suspect because he had a similar physical description and was wearing a flat cap and navy blue jacket during the attack, which is the same as the suspect in the Delphi murder case. Police have looked into this possibility, but have not charged him in the case. He is, however, facing the death penalty for the other alleged crimes. The last well-known suspect in this case is Charles Eldridge. He was arrested in January of 2019 in Union City, Indiana, on charges of child molestation and solicitation. Police alerted the FBI. They suspect Eldridge could have been connected to the Delphi murders because of his strong resemblance to the sketch but that was before the newer sketch, the updated sketch, and the audio were released. If you have any information in the case, please call the tip line 844-459-5786 or Indiana State Police at 800-382-7535. You can even email a tip at abbyandlibbytip at C-A-C-O shrf.com. There's even a cash reward of more than $200,000. More importantly, Libby and Abby and their families deserve justice, including her sister Kelsey, who is now inspired to study criminal justice to help other families. She says her sister gives her strength, and she talks to her all the time. Now, when we started talking about that, something odd happened. Um, so then we all we all congregated. I don't know what that was. <laughs> Did you hear it? Yeah, it was like something hitting a screen door or something. Oh, it's a little scary. <laughs> Is there I any... live in an apartment, so it's oh, probably okay. like Maybe you were getting a package or was is there Maybe. a cat or something? No, I just have a dog. I don't know. I guess we'll find out somebody comes busting through my window or something. I don't see anyone. Okay, anyway. Um <laughs> that was kind of bizarre, huh? I know. It was like a big thud twice. I'm like there's nothing. Like my apartment just goes straight down. 
So if there were anybody in here, I would be able to see them. <laughs> but yeah. there's nothing there. I don't, know, I don't have any idea what that was. Kelsey later messaged me saying that it was a mirror that fell in her bathroom of her college apartment. I happened to think that it was Libby saying hello. Investigators, until next time. Thank you for investigating True Crime Deadline with Matt Johnson. For more information about the podcast, visit truecrimedeadline.com. And remember, all tips regarding a case should go to the police. Until next time. Mr. Gatsby, want a cookie? Good boy.